what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the nba second stringers nba podcast we're 40 days away from the start of the nba season and we continue with our division previews this week we're looking at the southeast division what could arguably be possibly more likely than not though the worst division this year in the nba yeah it's a far cry from the division we looked at last week uh if you guys haven't checked out that podcast yet you can check that out on our, on our soundcloud page or wherever you get your podcasts mm-hmm. um, but yeah i'm looking forward to that but first we got we got a big bomb of a trade <laughs> that happened yeah. just late last week uh, with ryan anderson and DeAnthony Melton of the Rockets getting traded to the Suns for Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight. Alan, nice. what, are, what are your first impressions of this trade? Uh, I can't believe it. The Phoenix Suns are still yet again uh, just completely trying to do something with their roster. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what it something is. Something with it. But, uh, I mean, Brandon Knight was one of those guys that they aggressively went after and traded protected picks uh, to acquire back in the day and Brandon Knight was a guy they brought in to sort of make up for the mistake that they did of bringing in Isaiah Thomas and trading away Goran Dragic, um, trading away Thomas and eventually only being stuck with Knight as that only point guard. Now they get rid of him and now they're stuck in an even worse spot uh, where they have no draft, no draft picks coming back from that trade. Instead, they have more money coming back and they don't have any decent point guard to start their NBA season this year. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at <laughs> DeAnthony Melton possibly being the starting point guard for this team. And granted, he has a lot of upside, but this is a young guy who hasn't played a single minute of an NBA game. Uh, he had a good summer league, but I mean, Brandon Knight's just one of like what you said, like this rotating carousel of promising, talented point guards that could possibly get their careers in track after they leave Phoenix. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of I mean, we're all we're it's funny that we start looking at this trade by analyzing it from the Phoenix Suns side, because um, I think most people probably start off looking at it from the Rockets side. But before we do that, I mean, I just think it's hilarious. This Phoenix Suns team is just bizarre. And Devin, because I mean, Brandon Knight, I mean, not a star. Maybe he didn't he's not developing into what you were hoping he, he'd be. But at least he's a decent NBA player. Um, you get rid of him and now right, he's done it before. Right. And now what, what, what do you have here is you have three point guards basically. And two of them are second round rookies. Uh, one's an undrafted <laughs> second year player who only has 23 NBA games under his belt. Jeez. That being, um, Ile o- Okobo, I think is how you pronounce oh. his name, but I, I'd never seen this man play. Yeah. Most people probably have not other than the people who went to see an NBA game during those promotional nights where, you get two free hot dogs and a, and a soda <laughs> with your ticket. And those are the good ones to go to, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's free concessions. Yeah, it's true. So the Phoenix Suns, they got it right with Devin Booker. He's a very talented player. But now you have Tyson Chandler on your squad, uh, Trevor Ariza, a very old Ryan Anderson as well, who uh, who can't defend off switches in this league anymore. I mean, he's a decent three-point shooter. He, he has that. But So the Phoenix Suns, I'm not sure what if they're still trying to tank or what they're trying to do now. It's like, if you get Ryan Anderson on your team, there's, it's not even really tanking <laughs> anymore. Right. Cause like this man's making 20 million a year. Right. You like, that is not a tanking move 
like you want to offload contract not get more of it and that's <laughs> that's exactly what they did like they must this seems like they think that he can actually help them yeah because they're like he's on the books for the next few <laughs> years now I just I don't understand it from their perspective unless they really think DeAnthony Melton is worth taking on a contract like that, which would be crazy to me. Like that I just haven't seen enough. I don't maybe they have. Maybe they have some sort of knowledge that we don't, but it's looking like the Rockets made out really nicely with this trade. I yeah. mean, you get a guy, Marquise Chris, he's a freak athletically. He's really athletic, much more athletic than Ryan Anderson, yeah. uh playing the same position. Uh, just doesn't have the refined NBA skills yet, only averaging uh, 7.7 points and 5.5 rebounds over his first two seasons. But um, just being a, a guy on this team that just needs to bring energy and uh, run the floor with Chris Paul and James Harden makes him alley-oops. I feel like he can fit that role really well. Yeah. And Brandon Knight's an upgrade at uh, the backup point guard, I'd say, uh, behind Chris Paul. I mean, he has a lot to prove. But he doesn't have to feel like he has to be the guy at all being behind Harden and Paul yeah. uh, in that backcourt. So it could be a good opportunity for him to get his career back on track. And if he can somehow average, I don't know, maybe 15 points a game mm-hmm. for this team off the bench, that would be very Yeah, big. I think they're looking to sort of uh, get somebody who can get close to uh, filling in the holes that Lou Williams was playing for them um, just a couple years ago for this Rockets team. I think they really missed a guy like that. Uh, this last playoff series, especially when the three ball just was not falling for them. And they just needed somebody who could make a play. Eric Gordon's usually that guy uh, when James Harden's on the bench, but sometimes you just need somebody else to come in and help you. I think Brandon Knight will fit that role in pretty well. I just still don't think this makes the Houston Rockets any better than they were last year. I'm not even sure if it makes them just as good as they were last year. Uh... I, I think it makes them slightly, slightly better. better because I mean, if you're looking at it from like player to player, mm-hmm. I think Marquise Chris is a better player on this team than Ryan Anderson mm-hmm. because Anderson just seemed like a negative asset at times. Like him being on the floor made them lose the game. Yeah. I, whereas I don't, I think Marquise Chris, he has, he's got a lot more defensively and he has the energy and the athleticism to like keep up in a more modern NBA that's true. And then if you're comparing, yeah, and if you're comparing Brandon Knight and DeAnthony Melton, I mean, Melton might have more upside eventually, but Brandon Knight's the better player now. Yeah, and, at, so. and Brandon Knight um, has played starter minutes in this league, and his output is decently, and he could fit in that role with Chris Paul has to go out for a couple weeks, because you know it's going to happen at some point this year. You, yeah, right. You cross your fingers, it's not going to be in the playoffs, but it's more likely than not going to happen at some point in the season. But yeah, the, ultimately this team is designed for the playoffs and Ryan Anderson was completely unplayable against the Warriors um, and, and <laughs> yeah, even most teams right painful. now. Right. So yeah, I'd say the Rockets won this trade for sure. Mm, yeah. I just, I don't see enough for the Suns here. <laughs> I, I don't really know why they made this trade. Yeah. I mean, probably <laughs> just for the hope that bringing in, you add, Trevor Reza, um, and one more year of Josh Jackson, one more year of Devin Booker, and hopefully Ryan Anderson gives you a little bit of boost to get you out of that tanking territory. But, yeah, the Suns are probably in for the same fate that they had last year. Yeah, if I was them, I mean, you have a lot of pressure to win because you have been bad for so Mm -hmm. long. But just look at the West, man. Like, it is not your time yet. 
Like yeah. you don't have what it takes quite yet. So I, w- if I was them, I would have just kept going with my young guys, but I, they, they must feel the pressure to win. Yeah. Now. I mean, Devin Booker is probably definitely pressuring this franchise to do something. Um, but more than anything for the Rockets too, this is a money saving move. Uh, they save $11 million off their payroll by getting rid of Ryan Anderson because as they look forward, that three trio of Harden and Chris Paul and Clint Capella is going to slowly start eating more into their into their um, overall payroll. And as they add guys, they're going to fall yeah. into that luxury tax territory. And more likely than not, they'll they'll fall into the repeater the repeater tax territory, and that'll have them paying upwards of more more luxury tax um, than they would probably like. But hey, it's the price of competing, and the price you got to pay to keep a guy like. Uh, Chris Paul on your roster in well into his mid thirties. Right. Yeah. That the money saving move is pretty big for them too. Another reason why I think they won the trade. And now heading, heading to LA, Luol Deng. Um, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. It looked like it was a guy who we were going to Laker fans. We were going to have to stick with all the way till the end, but Luol Deng finally getting that buyout from the Lakers through a wave and stretch provision. But more than likely, m- Interesting here, though, is that the Lakers were pretty strategic about this, uh, choosing to waive him after the September 5th um, deadline in order to stretch only the final year of his contract rather than those two remaining years um, and stretch stretch the remaining amount over three years as opposed to just five. And the technicalities there is, is when you use that stretch provision, um, you double the remaining years and then you add one more. So with that math, it works out to three years as opposed to five had they chosen to wave and stretch uh, before that September 5th deadline. Oh, that's that's actually pretty interesting. I, li- I like mm-hmm. that. You really looked into this. Yeah, they, <laughs> some people did uh, some pretty good breakdowns of this um, over Twitter and on, on blog sites, and I took a look into it because, I mean, because the question did rise is why the Lakers chose this late into the summer to to do this, and... That's the reason there is to sort of save money in the short term. And also they knew in the back in their back pocket that um, Luol Deng was going to end up giving back $7.5 million in order to get that buyout. Um, and that means they only get to stretch $15 million over three years as opposed to having stretched uh, the larger amount over five years. So they end up saving money there in the long run and it puts them in a good spot for that free agency of 2019 where you'll have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, potentially Carl Anthony Towns, and potentially Porzingis. Yeah, I find it hard for mo- most of the guys on this t- on this list to actually become free agents. Right. Jimmy Butler looking like the most likely, but man, it's it's I'm I'm happy for both sides yeah. on this. Like I'm happy for Luol Deng. He finally gets to play some basketball this mm-hmm. year, hopefully. Because, um, I mean, the Timberwolves, if, if no one else will sign him, the Timberwolves surely will. Uh, we're hearing reports that uh, Tom Thibodeau is aggressively pursuing Dang yeah. now that he's cleared waivers. Um, we're, we're basically seeing the Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put that. Yeah. That's a great That's a great. That's name. what it looks like here. I mean, Coach Tibbs trying to get some allies in the locker room by bringing in some of his old boys. But I mean, the re- it's literally the same exact team, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Almost uh, the guy that's still missing from that core is uh, Noah, which it's looking like if they buy their time, that might be uh, available. Um, but more than any- 
but more than anything, I think Luol Deng is actually somebody the Timberwolves might need. Uh, it seems like they're not interested in bringing back Jamal Crawford. So they, they do have that hole right there at that three that small forward uh, position that Luol Deng might be able to, to fit in, at least, at least as a second option. Yeah, I, I really do want to see him play. I'm so curious because we haven't seen him play real basketball for like two years, I feel. Yeah, I... And he finally gets his chance again. Like that'll be that'll be fun to watch. He's not he's not out of the water yet, you know. Like he's not. I don't feel like he's ready to retire no. yet. I think he can still produce. I honestly think he could be a valuable asset for the Timberwolves. Um, just a guy you can throw out there for ten to fifteen minutes, maybe average eight points, um, like five rebounds or something. Be be a key piece and maybe re- revive his career a little bit. I I don't think he's done it yet either, but. Back to that list of 2019 uh, potential free agents for the Lakers, Durant, Irving, Butler, and Thompson. The two, the guy that I think, and I agree with you on Jimmy Butler, but the guy I think that might be available for this for this Laker team could potentially be Clay Thompson. I think. I mean, I I want to believe that too, but the, like everything I've heard seems like he wants to just stay in Golden State. Yeah. I'm sure he would want to stay the. The big question there is whether um, the Warriors are willing to open up their pocketbook enough uh, to make Clay Thompson comfortably want to stay there. Yeah, that's true. I get. Yeah, once once money <laughs> becomes part of the issue, then <laughs> things might be different because you're already paying Steph and Kevin. You're gonna have to think about paying Draymond too. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll see if. I mean, that yeah, they they are well into the luxury tax. Um, and they have been for a few years now, and they're just willing to pay it, so they have this amazing team. Yeah, but you start talking about but how much longer. Yeah, you start talking yeah. about repeater tax as well here. Right. Yeah. Like, how long can they handle the penalties? I mean, I know these are really rich guys that are handling these teams, <laughs> but at some point, like at the end of the day, it's a business, and you got to run your business. Yeah. Right. But uh, Luol Deng gone from L.A. Um, some bit i guess it's good news for us good news for Luol dang everybody walks away happy the problem is that i know there was never a relationship that was meant to be here uh but that brought an end to what basically was a a series of signings that were never really meant to be and those were the 2016 summer signings when mitch kupchak gave away 136 million dollars in contracts (laughs) to Luol dang and mozgov mozgov man at least we get to close that chapter uh, last year we closed a chapter on the Steve Nash trade, so right, yeah, it's a it's a brand new start this year, man. This is this is the year of of change. This, everything's going your guys' yeah, way. Now we just have to play some basketball. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. Forty yeah. days. Okay, and then also some quick another quick news here is the Thunder using the wave and stretch stretch provision also on Kyle Singler saving 23.4 million dollars in salary and luxury tax there for the Oklahoma City Thunder yeah I mean that makes sense there too I mean just bringing on Paul George now with his hefty contract you got Russ there still Mm -hmm. uh Steven Adams like they they gotta save some money themselves and Kyle Singler just never really never really did it I guess yeah yeah, he was a decent player, but yeah, probably not much use for, for the OKC now. And then the Clippers also um, bringing in a new player here or or matching the offer, right? Is this what happened here? Yeah, yeah. This guy, Tyrone Wallace, 
No one will know <laughs> who he is unless you've watched a Clippers game. He's he's from Cal State Bakersfield. Oh, I do know who the now I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember seeing him. Yeah, he, he's a decent driving ability, really good defense. You know that that kind of player, just high energy, mm-hmm. not a very good shooter. Um, he got a two year, three point one million deal from the Pelicans, and uh, the Clippers holding his re- restricted free agent rights uh, were able to match it. So now he's back on the Clippers, which I didn't even know we had a free roster spot to keep him on. <laughs> but I, I'm happy he's here. I'll, I'll root for Baco. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a nice pickup. That's another nice piece to bring back. Um, got him on the cheap, I I suppose. Or maybe this is actually a pretty decent payday for this guy. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's pretty cheap. I mean, $1.5 million for a basketball player, it's pretty good. Yeah, he was. And, yeah, this guy, he contributed a lot. We had so many injuries last year, and he really stepped up and had some really quality games for us. Mm-hmm. He'll probably be in a similar, similar role this year. I mean, with... We just have a bunch of decent players to like average players, and he's just one of them. So, once the injuries start piling up, he'll he'll start getting more minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, what about this? The Golden State Warriors lose another potential body that could have been on their front line, David West. <laughs> just just a body at this point, but yeah, David West retiring after 15 years in the NBA. Getting two rings with the Warriors, just uh, sandbagging on that one, and two all-star appearances um, in his 15-year tenure. Um, his best years were in between 07 and 09, averaging uh, somewhere with over 20 points a game. I saw it was like 20 points on in the 08, 07, 08 season and then 21 points in the 08, 09 mm-hmm. season. Um, both those years averaging over eight rebounds and over 85% from the free throw line. So those are all very good numbers there for a for a guy that he had a very decent career. Yeah, he had a good career, um, I very think. Very good player. Yeah. Um, yeah, David West, uh, I think his first his name first came to mind uh, when he started his days uh, with Chris Paul that year when Chris Paul was um, on the verge of winning an MVP. Uh, the Hornets were, what, the second best team in the West that year, I believe. Yeah. That was a good team. And then David West, after that, went to the Pacers and uh, had some heated playoff series playoff series games against the Miami Heat and LeBron James, uh, David West, Roy Hibbert, Paul George. Those were, that was a, those were, that was a, that good was team. a solid team. Um, and then, you know, he felt like he wanted to go ring chasing. You realize it's a, it's pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty damn hard thing to do. <laughs> right. It really is. And yeah, he, he really picked the right team to do it for yeah, man. Without making, without first making a stop in the San Antonio uh, unfortunately, he kind of miscalculated the timing there. Got there a little year too yeah. late. Um, but then, yeah, <laughs> rode the rode the coattails of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson in the Bay Area and got himself those two rings. Those are some nice coattails. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, after a career like he's had, like you can't really blame him. It's not like this is like Demarcus Cousins going into the Warriors. It, David West was in the twilight of his career. So you can't really blame him. He he made minimal contributions and so, some good contributions, nonetheless. But um, yeah, just being on that Warriors team, getting to have those championships to round out his career, mm-hmm. um, I'd be pretty satisfied with everything if I was him. Yeah, I think uh, Golden State probably would have wanted him to stick around for one more year, just just because they need bodies. <laughs> they just need big bodies, man. They just need somebody yeah. on that front court. But hey, that's not their choice to make. So. Yeah, I like um it's crazy to see another guy walk away from the NBA, a dude that I grew up that 
basically was on TV while I was growing up. So all that means is he's getting old and I'm getting older. Yeah, man, <laughs> we're going to start seeing all these guys that we never thought were actually like ever going to retire, you know? Yeah. Like this is just how this is basketball, man. Basketball is Vince Carter and Dirk Nowitzki and all and Tony Parker and all these guys and they're about to retire. Yeah. So yeah, it's just all starting to trickle in. We are getting old. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump into the Southeast Division previews that we have this week. Um, first on the docket is the Miami Heat, who I had no idea. They basically probably had the worst offseason just simply because they did <laughs> nothing with it. Yeah, like when we say nothing, we mean literally nothing. They they did absolutely nothing. Here Here's the additions. No one. <laughs> Here's the people that left. Nobody. All they did was keep Wayne Ellington on a one-year deal, so that's the same. And they had no draft picks. I've n- I don't think that has that ever happened before. Um, I I can't think of anything to mind. I mean, I feel like if something like this had happened, maybe it happened to the Miami Heat when they won the championships. Maybe the Warriors. But like maybe nobody. A team. Like. <laughs> Like everybody's there. It's crazy. It's like it's like a. I don't even know. I don't even know what this is like. Yeah, it seems kind of odd for this to happen to a team that was eliminated in the first round. I feel like this is, if it did happen, it would happen to a team that probably had all their core locked up and happened to go to the finals or win the championship that year. So therefore, they had no draft pick. Right. Yeah. Well, this team has its core locked up, but their core is like their whole team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I I know like a lot of their guys are on like three or four year deals that happened last year or two years ago. So yeah, they just have a lot of these like, like middle, middle of the road kind of contracts, like four year, like 40 to 50 million per player. Like I know like Dion waiters has that Drogic. Uh, Josh Richardson, Olenek, like they all have those like middle of the road contracts. And then Whiteside's on his max. Yeah. So yeah, you're just you're just looking at a bunch of dudes that are like they all have the same stuff going on, and none of them <laughs> none of them are going anywhere. So that hey, points for team chemistry, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of like a a similar situation from what I felt like we were seeing with the Pelicans, but um or not even last year with the pelicans maybe two years with the pelicans where everybody was just locked up for multiple years but not every not anybody outside of anthony davis was really that great so it kind of put you in a position where you needed to get really creative to make something work um and that's probably going to be the type of season the miami heat are going to have to uh that's going to be the challenge of their season at least on that on the front office point where they got to get creative with what they're going to do with this squad to try to somehow make this team better. Or do you just go all in for a tank job or do you just keep this going? Um, some of these guys are pretty, are going to be that's, challenging that's to so trade, tough, man. Yeah. Who do you even trade from this team? Like what, like who are your best assets uh, to me? The first guy that comes to mind is, is Goran Dragic and second Hassan Whiteside. Only because I feel like Goran Dragic's contract will probably be a lot easier to move, um, and his production is hasn't really um, steeped off that much. And Hassan Whiteside on the other side has kind of been fairly inconsistent. I mean, he even didn't. There were some fourth quarters where he he just he wasn't really even there. Right. I mean, he didn't even really play very much in that 76ers 
playoff right. series where we were, we were anticipating that Embiid Whiteside matchup, but it was almost like Whiteside cowered away from it, and the coaching staff didn't have any faith in him to keep up with Embiid. So that that's all negative there. Yeah. Like this this team is really just not built for to to contend for a championship at all yeah. right now based off the pieces they have. The only thing they have going for them is that they get Dion Waiters back this year from his right. season-ending injury last year. And, I mean, he, he is, like, the leader of this team, really, like a huge part of what they did two years ago when they reverse ship, went from 11-30 and 30 to start the season all the way back to 30-11. and 11. Right. Uh, To get to 500 and make the playoffs, Dion Waiters was the reason they did that. But, I mean, you're still looking at the same team. As like from even two years ago, like they might improve marginally um, with the guys like Josh Richardson and Goran Dragic finally coming into their yeah. own. But at the same time, it's like, how are you going to compete with Boston and and the Sixers and the Raptors who have this star power that you just can't match? Yeah. I, do you think this team is even is even better than it's possibly not even better than the Wizards or the Bucks? Definitely not. It's possible. Definitely not better than the Pacers, I don't think so. No, yeah, I, I definitely put the Pacers over them. I mean, I think like they're they are all good players, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing you can really say bad about this team, but I could easily see the Heat being worse than the Wizards, but right now, just because of how dysfunctional the Wizards <laughs> team is, I, I have the Heat ahead of them by one spot in the East. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, the Bucks. Oh man, the Bucks are interesting too. Like, it's hard to rank them. It's hard to know how this team's gonna do. Like, Giannis is still like, you know how good he can be, but you don't know how much he's gonna improve like year to right. year. Right. Yeah. And another note here on this team is they have the highest payroll in the NBA right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. With no star players. Yeah. Just a bunch of middle of the road contracts and Hassan Whiteside. Interesting. That. Like I said, the, this team, for me, in, the interesting thing looking at them as they head into this season is uh, what's going to happen. Like, I think if there's a big trade that happens at the trade deadline, it's going to involve the Miami Heat. Um, and it's going to be weird. It's going to be, it's going to take some creativity, I think, on the, on the front office side. Like, it might be a three team trade or something weird like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, my bid for the team most likely to make a, a big splash at the trade deadline is actually some another team in this division that we'll get to later. Okay. But I mean, right now we're looking at the current roster. The Heat have to be hoping that Josh Richardson has a breakout year. Yeah. I think if you're looking at anybody on this team, I'm not saying that I think it's likely. But if you if you we're basing this purely off of ability and potential. Like, Josh Richardson has to be the guy that takes that next step for them now. I mean, Goran Dragic has already gotten to the all-star game. Right. Deion Waiters has proven himself as a leader. It's Josh Richardson's turn to step up and be this next playmaker for this team. Yeah. Um, he can play at the two or the three. He He's not the biggest guy, but he can he has good length. He can guard. He's very athletic. Um, he can drive. He needs to work on his shot a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see it. We'll see what he's been doing. He'll see all the gym hours he's been putting in this off season. Uh, we'll see if it can come to any fruition for him this year. Yeah, he's 24 years old, so kind of tells you that there is still room for me. There is still room for um, uh, for somebody for some breakout. Uh, but yeah, I'm playing off what you said. But yeah, Goran Dragic, Dion Waiters. I think we've seen the ceiling on these guys. Yeah, 
unfortunately. But, I mean, so I have them trending as up as far as the standings, just because I just see them getting one spot higher because the Cavs get pushed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as far as, tre- like, the actual team improvement, like, it's got to be down because they did nothing. Yeah. Can you Or can you go up? Or can you still go up by doing nothing? You can if you're the Utah Jazz, but I don't. This team is very different from the Jazz, I think. Yeah. So last year they got 44 wins, six seed, ahead of the Bucks and the Wizards. I honestly think the Bucks are better than this team. I think just younger, they're they're improving more. Um. Yeah. I still I see this team. It's. Yeah, I can't even get it out of my mouth. It's hard, huh? <laughs> to me, I almost want to say they stay the same. I could see them winning 44 games yet again, uh, maybe even 42. Yeah. At their best, they yeah, win 46, no, I, 45. Yeah, like, yeah, I think we we agree then, though. Like, they're just, there's just nothing there, no. you know? It's like they, they might go up a seed just be, if, like, everything stays the same as it did last year minus the Cavs. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they improved. True, that is true. Just, just, just because yeah, the- they did what they didn't do is improve their championship chances. They did not do that at all in any way. Yeah, or even not even championship chances. They potentially didn't improve their chances to even go to the second round in the playoffs. Like I don't think this is a second round playoff team. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. They they improved their playoff bids like zero. Yeah, yeah. That that I think we can agree there for sure. Right. So yeah, um, that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> For that was a lot about a team with that nothing going on. Yeah. But we can move on to the Wizards, who actually did do some interesting stuff this off season. I got a spat with um, this team. At first, it was I said that? I have a spat with this team because uh, you have a spat. because I feel like <laughs> the bold predictions that I made last year revolved around this the this team and the Bucks. I really had high hopes for both those teams. Yeah. You saw the potential, and it it's there for sure. But this team's just very dysfunctional. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if the pieces they added this year can help them out mm-hmm. at all. Um, starting with that trade where they got rid of Marcin Gortat, um, getting Austin Rivers in return. They, we all know how I feel mm-hmm. about that trade. That so far we're not off to a good start with this for this right. team. But they did bring in Dwight Howard to replace Gortat. Nice. Um, so they don't lose much there. And then uh, also adding in Thomas Bryant and Jeff Green for some marginal pieces there. They drafted Troy Brown at 15, um, who is an 18-year-old kid, uh, played at the University of Oregon for one year, uh, averaged 11.3 points per game there, 6.2 rebounds. Um, he'll fill in at small forward usually, I think, backing up Otto Porter to start the season. So we'll see if he can become anything i don't think he'll be anything this year he might be a project for a few years yeah um and then they also lost mike scott who is a nice little piece for them at power forward who went to the clippers also yeah this wasn't this was a very interesting team through the season just the way everything just kind of fell apart the social media back and forth apparently it was a big joke but then marshawn Gurta ends up leaving this team so it makes you think maybe that wasn't just a joke uh <laughs> yeah those, those little um uh, confrontations they were having on social media but you bring in Dwight Howard and I mean this isn't Dwight Howard and will nor will he ever be Dwight Howard of the Magic or even the Houston Rockets Dwight Howard but I mean I still think Dwight Howard is somewhat of a decent piece he he was still a 16 and 12 guy last year um I think he's a good 
a big force to have down there and rebound the ball for this team. I think he's a min he's a marginal upgrade from Gortat. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that if you thought he was better than Gortat. And I, I think he is marginally better too. Just he he seems more athletic. And he knows what it's like to be a star in this league. Yeah. So he 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 shows those flashes still. Gortat's never gonna really get to that point. No. And this is this is a guy that led his team to an NBA Finals. Yeah, and I think Dwight Howard's coming into this team knowing that he has this label of uh, uh, sort of having dysfunction follow him around. So I think he's going to come into this team already with a mindset of like, hey, man, I just got to do my thing. At least I hope he's thinking that way. I just got to do my thing. And whatever it is that he does to cause dysfunction, I don't know if it really is his fault or maybe it's just coincidence or it's just I don't know what it could be. But um, I don't think he's going to. Yeah, he's. I think he's going to go in there. He's a little bit on the older side. And he's going to try to keep things more balanced because I think ultimately what he just wants is some form some form of team consistency and success right yeah and that it's gonna be tough though with this team so dysfunctional still between their two stars wall and beal um mm-hmm. in a similar situation to lillard and mccollum in portland i mean almost a mirror match just like straight from west to east between these two guys um it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see how they mesh together if they can figure out each other this year and work together um, and get Dwight mm-hmm. Howard involved and get these other pieces involved because it seems like they have the depth and they have the talent to be able to like compete for a championship. Like this is the same team that last year you looked at in the off season and you, Alan, were like, yeah, I think this <laughs> team has amazing potential and they could definitely compete. But we saw them falter at every turn and we're looking at the same team pretty much this year and like, can they do anything different? Yeah, and I think it starts with and ends with these two guys, definitely. But more than anything, John Wall, I mean, the season kind of just went a little bit to waste last year given his injury. He missed out a good portion of uh, at least that last bit of November, most of December, and he never looked the same when he came back. So I'm hoping we see a new John Wall, the type of John Wall that belongs in potentially top 10 NBA conversation because the John Wall we got last year was a John Wall that was probably – maybe in the top 25 yeah and a john wall that ruined your fantasy team he definitely did i mean he was my first pick in the first round i thought hey man this guy it's his time he's gonna inject himself as potentially the the second best player in the eastern conference um that didn't happen no (laughs) i take it you're not gonna pick him again this year no way i mean (laughs) right now it's by far kyrie irving is the king point guard in the eastern conference and not even close i thought that gap um i thought it was i thought john wall was the leader and it was kyrie irving to catch up to john wall now it's and now they're not even in the same race yeah it's pretty crazy because we know how talented this dude is the fastest guy with the ball in the nba still Mm -hmm. um but yeah we're, we're looking at the x factor being which I didn't look this up, but oh, I yeah. can almost certainly tell you he was the X factor last year for us too. The yeah. man with the money, Otto Porter Jr. Making making his twenty five yeah. million a year. Are you gonna show that you're actually worth it this year? Because last year was not very convincing for me. <laughs> yeah, this might be the move that you start looking years from now. Uh, with the I don't know what happens in the future, but. Say when franchises just sort of fall apart and have a long time to recover, like we were just talking about Mozgov and Luol Deng. <laughs> right, yeah. This could be a move right here where they're like, hey, why 
how did the Wizards just struggle and how have they not been able to bounce back? It's Otter Porter Jr.'s contract. <laughs> not saying that's going to happen, but I guess it does have potential it, for it. Yeah, and it's like, do we see the potential in this guy to actually take that next step into becoming an NBA All-Star? Because that's the kind of money he's making. I can see it with Drew yeah. Holiday. Where I, man, I gave Holiday so much crap last offseason for the contract that he got. But then he just came to play in the playoffs. Was like yep. a huge part of them sweeping the Blazers. I was like, wow, like Drew Holiday can actually step his game up to another level. I have not seen. Yeah, he played good. Yeah, yeah, right. And I have not seen a single sign of Otto Porter Jr. able to make that next jump up. Like he just seemed like the same exact player he always was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he still has time. Um, he's still a little bit on the younger side, so he's got time. But yeah, you would expect um, this year would be the year because I think if they if we don't see this team have some sort of success, we might be talking about one of these guys being traded next summer. Yeah, it's it's rough. Um, in terms of trending this team, um, I think I see them staying stagnant. Uh, last year, the Washington Wizards won forty three games, and they finished with that eight seed. Um, even with a healthy John Wall, uh, I fortunately can't see this team really doing any much better. But I'll give them. I'll I'll actually change my mind right now. Now that I'm saying this, I'll oh, give them a oh. trending up slightly. I think okay. they get to 45 wins. Oh, that's very slight. That's like one, two extra wins. Yeah, yeah. I'll give them that. I mean, I don't. I don't blame you for being more cautious this year because because of how much they burned you last year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go slightly up too, though. I mean, I do think Dwight is an upgrade to Gortat. Yeah. Austin Rivers is a downgrade to their team in general. I, I got I to think that John Wall being healthy all season, I mean, if I'm assuming he's healthy all season, they'll do better than they did last year. But no chance that, no chance that we probably see a top, a top 10 John Wall ever again. Or maybe. I wouldn't say no chance. I, I, I don't think... I, I'd say they're still a 25% chance that he can get back to being that in that, in the competition for that top point guard in the East. Yeah. That'd be exciting. Hopefully um, that John wall was good. <laughs> he was very good. Yeah. yeah. Top five draft pick worthy in fantasy leagues. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So let's move on. All right. We're, we're really going down to the bottom of these <laughs> teams that really have no chance of making playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it all starts here with the Hornets. Their additions include their new coach, James Borrego, and their new GM, Mitch Kupchak, already making big moves there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one of those guys that he he brought on was Bismarck Biombo coming back to this team. Nice. And Tony Parker. Tony Parker's nice. So there you go. Those (laughs) are some great A. Those are really going to help them compete for a championship. Yeah, he got rid Uh, of his guy. His guy, Mozgov. His guy, Mozgov. He he just loves dealing with this man. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we got Miles Bridges, who I think's really the uh, the most the most potential here with the new additions that they received. I was a freak athletically at Michigan State. And then mm-hmm. Devontae Graham, who was a senior point guard out of Kansas uh, with their second round pick. I th- I think that's a really good pick, too. Um, he just yeah. has a really high basketball IQ. He's a little undersized, but he could contribute to this team potentially also and learn from a guy that's been through it all in Tony Parker and teach him the ways of being a point guard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as departures, obviously they lost Dwight Howard 
and they also lost Michael Carter Williams and Timothy Mozgov for the <laughs> short amount of time that, yeah, that they had him for. Departure? I don't, I, I, I don't really know. You know, <laughs> I, I kept it on here because he had to be included in this just because of that ridiculous stuff that was going on with those Mitch Cup check trades in the early off season. Yeah, really just dealing mediocre be- uh, big man for mediocre big man. <laughs> He really did it that, on Dwight Howard on that team, and then we he really did it. Yeah. And you know what? You can't really blame the man yeah. for for those for those sad days that he had on the Lakers when True. Dwight just came in and just destroyed the team. Yeah, but I mean, we're looking at this lineup, and the big men really are the story, though. This team has way too many of them. Yeah, and none of them are very good. <laughs> I mean, let's look at who they got at their center and their depth chart. They have Cody Zeller who's projected to be a starter and they have Bismarck Biombo who they traded for on his like $18 million a year contract backing him up. Mm-hmm. And then you have Willie Hernan Gomez, um, who is also a pretty serviceable, serviceable center. And then at the power forward, you have two guys that could also play center if that you wanted them to and Marvin Williams and Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. So, I mean, you got five big guys and you're going to have to find a way to play all of them. I, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. And none of them are really like gonna win you very many games, so I'm not I'm not really sure how this roster construction strategy took place. Yeah, none of them are really like the NBA big man that you want nowadays. Right? Yeah, they're just all big lumbering dudes. Like <laughs> they're gonna have trouble running up and down the floor with these more athletic teams. Yeah, maybe Marvin Williams and Cody Zeller are maybe there. It's but not we'll like. See. <laughs> It's not like any of these guys are like premier shot blockers or like true, defensive true. defensive savants. Like they're not they're just okay at some things, you know? Like none of them stand out to you as like, oh look out, we gotta scout out Cody Zeller. <laughs> like it, yeah, it's just it's crazy. They they have five guys on their roster that you, you don't even need to care about and they take up two positions on the floor. Yeah. I'm actually pretty excited to talk about this guy who you have as your X Factor, Nicholas yeah. Batum. Yeah, let's just jump right into Batum. What What are your thoughts on him? I mean, I don't really think he's an X Factor. I just kind of think he's <laughs> <laughs> the X Factor here isn't Nicholas Batum's play, but how you can get rid of his contract uh-huh. and maybe potentially <laughs> turn it into some form of upside. Um, 29 <laughs> year old guy paying, getting paid $20 million a year. Um, with very little production coming back uh what a what a striking deal and what a way to set your franchise back and at the end the guy <laughs> who's losing the most is obviously jordan because he's signing the, the paychecks but kemba walker as well here yeah i mean kemba man he's been dealt a bad hand he's he's got to find some way to get out of there yeah i mean that's my <laughs> that was my storyline to follow for this season is this this team is more more likely than not going to find itself in a very bad situation halfway through the season yeah. where they're they're just at, at a loss for what to do they're going to be in the 10th or 11th seed with very far back from the 8th seed and they're going to have to ask themselves are they going to blow it up and trade Kemba away for for future pieces or are they just going to keep trying to roll with him and try to figure out ways to get guys around him yeah, and the story here as well is that the the salary situation for this team just hasn't really gotten any better than what it was in years past. I mean, they're still uh, paying into that luxury tax despite being a lottery team almost. 
Right. Um, Every, yeah, a, a perennial lottery team at that. Yeah, so it's and they're basically in a situation. I mean, they got rid of Dwight Howard's money, so that's still good, but they brought in and they got rid of Mozgov, but yeah, but then they brought in Biombo who makes like almost as much as Mozgov. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you kind of just traded a bad contract for a guy you could potentially play a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, not they really did nothing there. That that's a net that's a net gain or loss of zero yeah. in my mind. What do you think is the percentage chance that we see Kimba Walker get traded Ooh. this season? I'm going to say and I, I think this is really high when I say this. I think it's 40%. 40%? Yeah. I think that's really high odds yeah. for like an all-star being traded. Like that. That's crazy odds, like 40%. That's true. It's like, I, it's like this team has nowhere to go. They're backed into a corner of just being completely mediocre for the foreseeable future. It's like you just you, – the longer you hold on to Kemba Walker and keep these guys around him – the just like the longer you're delaying your like inevitability of just like realizing that you're not going to go anywhere with the team you have right now. Yeah. It's going to take some massive creativity to get this team back in order and really make up for the mistakes that they made earlier a couple of years ago, including one of them is bringing in Nicholas Batum. Um, and maybe even like Mark, Michael, Michael Carter, William, Michael kid Gilchrist, I should say, um, yeah. drafting him. I mean, I I had him as the X factor for this team last year. I remember because I remember really looking into this kid and being like, "Oh man, I think he could. He's got potential to do something for this team." Uh, being that former number two pick, right? And he he's done nothing. Yeah, I think at this point, <laughs> absolutely nothing. It's not it's not worth talking about that he might have some potential still for this team. I think we you've seen his ceiling and yeah, he's just a role player. Yeah, and this roster, I think for me. I wouldn't put it quite as 40%, but I'm going to go like um, 30% that Kimball Walker gets traded away here. Yeah, which is still really high. Yeah. Honestly, for an all-star being traded. And as far as far as where we see this team trending, it's definitely down. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Dwight Howard was not a bad piece for them last year. He put up some good numbers. Mm-hmm. And now you're placing that with Cody Zeller. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's all it boils down to, really. I don't see. I do you see this new head coach making any meaningful changes? I don't know any, much about him at all. We might have had something on a podcast about him when it when he actually got hired, but it's, it just seems so irrelevant to me that I don't even remember anything about him. Yeah, the problem here isn't coaching. The problem here, I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks problem was coaching, where they had a they have good solid pieces. Jason Kidd it was pretty apparent uh, was struggling to put it together. Uh, or the Cavaliers, I guess, when you had David Blatt versus Tyron Lue. But here the problem is the roster, the lack of young pieces, um, the lack of uh, diversity and, and roles among your guys. Um, I mean, you can't really even blame health being a reason, though you did struggle with some health issues last year with Cody Zeller and Frank Kaminsky. But you had Dwight Howard there most of the entire year, and he was looking pretty decent. Yeah. Um, you had Kemba Walker for most of the year as well. You had Michael Kidd Gilchrist for a full year there after he struggled with some injuries early in his career. Yeah, at the end of the day, the the troubles here is uh, lack of shooting for this roster, lack of diversity, um, and people just uh, really having redundant roles. So I think, yeah, the problem here is his roster not coaching, and I don't see anything changing much here. 
Yeah, man, Kupchak really picked a good job to take. You know, he's yeah. gonna be really busy. Long term, long term journey ahead of him. So they won thirty six games last year. So I have them trending down, and I think they're gonna go maybe not quite into the fringes of twenty five wins, but <laughs> but I think they they'll go thirty thirty to thirty two wins. Yeah, man, twenty five would be <laughs> dangerously bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll go low thirties as well. I'll say thirty two. Thirty two, nice. Um, so another team that probably will be in the fringes of under 30 wins, yes. maybe 25. Is the, <laughs> maybe 20. <laughs> yeah. So the Orlando Magic, uh, the Disney World team, has not been experiencing much success ever since letting go of Dwight Howard. This is a team that you could make the argument has gone through several rebuilds. And you can't really blame their lack of bad luck and not choosing a franchise player because they had one and it slipped right through their fingers. <laughs> Obviously in Victor Odolipo. Yes, sir. Um, and they got rid of who they thought was another promising uh, prospect in Mario Hinojo. Hinojo? Hinojo? I think it's Hazonia. Hazonia. Mario Hazonia. But they brought back uh, Aaron Gordon, who they're putting their bets on moving forward. But let's talk about <laughs> the additions here. A new coach, Steve Clifford, uh, Jerry and Grant, uh, Gerald Martin, and that trade where they brought in Timofey <laughs> Mozgov. Yay! So Jerrain Grant, uh, was all right player from the Bulls, eight points, two rebounds, twenty-two minutes. Another role player in Jarrell Martin. Uh, but here, the story for their offseason is Mo Bamba, uh, their draft pick, uh, the one-year freshman, the long seven-footer with great shot-blocking ability, a freakish athlete, basically the type of center or big man that you want in this league nowadays. Um, he did average 2.3 blocks in the summer league, uh, despite only playing 22 minutes. So there's there's some potential there. Um, departures, you lose Frank Vogel, who just couldn't make the magic work here with this squad. Um, Bizback Biombo, the dude who the Orlando Magic were placing their bets on a couple years ago, and also who they um, decided to spend their free agency money back in 2016 when a buttload of crazy contracts were given. Shelvin Mack is gone as well. And uh, Mario again, Super Mario, he decided to leave as well. Didn't want to stay here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a team with an end. It seems like it has an endless rebuild with the fifth coaching change <laughs> since Stan Van Gundy. And the big problem here is despite them being in the Disney world, they lack any form of star or franchise player. Yeah, man. I mean, I talked about how, man, if they have to re-sign Aaron Gordon to a lot of money, they are just in big trouble because now with his four-year $84 million deal, we're looking at him being the face of this franchise for the next four years. Yeah. And if this is, I mean, I don't hate Aaron Gordon, but I also don't love him. <laughs> and He's not a star player. That's just what it boils down to. I mean, sure, he's still pretty young. Sure, he's very athletic, but he hasn't proven to anybody yet that he can be an all-star in this league. Yeah. Like, I don't see him getting any votes. I mean, maybe he'll get a few more votes because he was in Uncle Drew movie. <laughs> but aside from that, I mean, if, if this is supposed to be the guy that's going to lead your franchise to the playoffs, I, I just can't see it. This is four years of this, what you said, endless rebuild. I thought that like summed it up perfectly like it just seems like no matter who they get no matter who they draft they just never pan out all of their draft picks the last few years have all been duds or they've just developed before they gave them a chance to grow 
into the player that they are now, like in Odolipo's case. And Mo Bamba, man, I know he has a lot of potential, and he's he's really big. He's a really big dude. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can become the next Dwight Howard for them, but he, he is, from what I've seen, he doesn't seem to be the physical specimen that Dwight Howard is. No. So that that's already a, a negative, and it's it just doesn't seem to me like he's a game changer for them. No. Yeah, and I'm, and Mobamba's very he's very raw as well. Like the offensive skill is he's definitely lacking. Um, I, I, I feel like if the mat like the Magic had the five pick, and the Bulls picked Wendell Carter Jr. right after them, I think Wendell Carter Jr. is the better player. Oh actually. yeah. I I would have thought that they should have gone for him. Not that we can know for sure either one way or the other. I mean, both both these guys were projected to be top five picks, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I just don't see where you have hope on this team. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just at this point you are you made your mistakes, and now you just got to ride with what you have, and what you have is Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba, and you got Aaron Gordon's contract. You can't. You just can't let this guy walk. I think if you're Orlando, because who do you have to replace him? I mean, you can't have empty That's seats true. in Orlando for the next three years while some one some other young prospect potentially um, develops and. That's that's your choice, but yeah, I mean, it seems like Aaron Gordon has definitely got his work cut out for him. Um, he wants to. I'm sure his ambition is to be an All Star in the Eastern Conference, and it might seem slightly more realistic since obviously the lack of talent there. But yeah, I mean, if your team's only winning 30 games, uh, the chances are against you, and extremely low. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> last year, I mean, 17 points, eight almost eight rebounds, 33 percent from three. Solid year, but that record twenty five games only one Oof. for the Orlando Magic. It's it's that's bad, and it's not going to improve this year. I think. Um, so this is what I think would be what is a plus in the offseason for this team is they were able to dump Biombo's contract. At least they did that. The four year seventy two million. They got the Mozgov money. Yeah, but, but yeah, they didn't do anything <laughs> with that trade. It's the same exact thing. Well, I guess what you could do is you get the ability to say that you dumped this bad contract that you were responsible for <laughs> and you got a contract that you were not responsible oh, for. Oh, man. Yeah, it's literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the starting five for this team. DJ Augustine. Man, this guy, I always oh. forget this guy's still in the league. He's still in the league? Evan Fournier wow. at the two. Jonathan Isaac at the three. Jonathan Isaac, a lot of injuries last year. Though he's pretty raw in, in terms of NBA experience, they just don't have anybody else to put in the starting <laughs> no, lineup. So I think he's going to be there. Else. That's so sad. Yeah, and then you got... There's nobody. Yeah, you got Aaron Gordon. And then you still have Vucevic, who's not a bad big man. Yeah, yeah he is good. I remember he had some really good games last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's but decent. That, yeah, does that mean Bomba's not even starting for them? That's interesting. Yeah, but I, I think... I think this changes and it's one of the bigger reasons why I also think this team will stay in the fringes of 25 to under um, because I think Vucevic, once you get to the middle of the season, I think he doesn't start anymore. I think you, 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 you start Bamba and um, let that, let the young guy develop here. Yeah. But like Vucevic is a good piece. Like they can't just like bench him. He'll potentially he, become trade bait. I think maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too is, is some sort of trade bait. Um, for Vucevic, because I mean, there there's definitely some teams out there that could use like a stretch center mm-hmm. like him. Right. 
Yeah, even if it's like low minutes amounts or something, or maybe he's a buyout candidate potentially. Potentially, but yeah, he he does seem very talented though. I mean, I never saw him play personally, but I'd see some stat lines that he put up. I'm like, wow, I didn't know this guy was capable of that. And he'd, he'd do it pretty consistently sometimes, and then he got that bad injury that right. he's out for like a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and- yeah, he had a pretty up and down season, but. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna be changing the game that much for them, especially if you have DJ Augustine and Jonathan Isaac <laughs> in your starting lineup. Yeah, and not to mention, I know I know you don't like Evan Fournier very much yeah. either. <laughs> Evan Fournier is the one of the most frustrating players I've ever seen. And the only reason <laughs> I kept tabs on him was yeah, he was on my he was on my fantasy squad last year, but inconsistent. Talk about inconsistency, man. Anyways, the X factor for this team's got to be that trio of athletic trio of athletic athletes you've now invested in in Mobamba, Jonathan Isaac, who averaged 14 points in the summer league, which is his highlight due to the lack of uh, playing time that he got last year due to injuries. (laughs) And Aaron Gordon, I mean, the franchise is betting on it at this point. And the storyline to follow, I guess, is almost exactly the same thing here is can these guys, these two guys, Isaac and Bamba, impress enough to make up for the franchise trading away Odolipo? (laughs) Most likely not. Uh, so, in that case, no. the alternate storyline is, can this team actually win 30 <laughs> games? And I say, okay. most likely not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going off which storyline I think is going to be the one we're actually going to follow. It's going to be the latter. Yeah, true. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if this team can get the 30 games. I'm going to go with no. I'm yeah. going to say 27 games for this team. Here's, here's... Another, another lottery pick. Yeah, here's the here's the the interesting thing here though is that this team did hold a number one seed in the Eastern Conference for a good yeah I remember four that weeks, bamboozle three weeks <laughs> yeah that was the biggest bamboozle I've ever seen that was crazy they fooled everybody yeah they did what a decline yeah. what a fall from the top but um right there partnering right next to them in the fringes of the of the NBA standings is the Atlanta Hawks who add Lloyd Pierce. Uh, former assistant to the set at for the Philadelphia 76ers and a little quick fact here um he was teammates with Steve Nash back at Santa Clara back in the college days um would ride oh, the wow, bus with this that. guy that's fun yeah and you you add Jeremy Lin to this squad Justin Anderson yeah. Alex Lin and Vince Carter 42 year old Vince Carter is back <laughs> on here and another fun fact here is Vince Carter was an NBA rookie actually the year that Trey Young was born Wow, this team's just full of fun facts. Yeah, and their draft picks is you bring in Trey Young, Kevin uh, Hooter, um, a shooter out of Maryland. <laughs> shooter? <laughs> Kevin Hooters? Hooter? <laughs> or is it Kevin Hooter? Kevin I Hooter. I don't, I don't care. Number 19 <laughs> pick out of Maryland, and Omari Sp- Spellman, uh, the number 30th pick. And your departures are Dennis Schroeder, Mike Muscala, Marco Bellinelli, uh, and Ilis Nova, uh, guys who were traded away in the middle of that season. So this is a team who's three years removed now from winning 60 wins and getting swept in the Eastern Conference Finals by LeBron Man. James. Oh, uh, the good old days, huh? Yep. And their big plus from last year is you had John Collins made all-rookie and you have him coming back. But basically this team, the story here is all draft picks. Trey Young, um, <laughs> they're putting all their bets on this guy, obviously trading away their number three pick to drop down to number five. They get that first rounder from Dallas. Um, and they did it all for this guy to get Trey Young. They didn't want the pressure, I guess, of choosing 
um, Doncic and yeah. they thought Young was their guy and they wanted to add one more piece from from next year's draft. But I mean, in terms of X factor here, I guess you put your bets on these on these young guys and how they develop and how that chemistry develops. But it's pretty clear here, even with the hire with the hiring of um, Lloyd Pierce, an NBA coach who has no experience, that this team is thinking long term um, and is betting on development and and not wins. So, and yeah, I actually which think is they, fine. Yeah, and to me, it looks like they're getting weaker. So they're trending down, even though they won twenty four <laughs> games last year. Yeah, I mean, they lost Dennis Schroeder, who was their top scorer last year, so you can't really blame us for thinking that they're going to get worse. Yeah, uh, so could they get to 23? Could they? I mean, I went back and... <laughs> could they do it? The Nets only won 20 games back in 2016, and I think they're probably at that level here. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a team with absolutely, like, not even, like, decent players. Like, they're... Like, Kent Bazemore is probably yeah. their best player um, right now. And for me, the storyline to follow is, could this be the worst team in recent history? Maybe. I guess it lives mm. depends on development on these rookies, but I don't think so. I think they're going to be bad, but maybe not the worst in history. And I guess there's, there's the a long, certain it's team. A, it's a story uh, you could follow, but more long-term is, will Trey Young live up to the hype that the franchise has put on him? Yeah, th- there's a certain team out west that I think still might compete for that worst team in recent history <laughs> this year. Can you can you think of what team I'm thinking of? Hmm. The Kings? Oh yeah. Bingo. <laughs> Sacramento's got Dude, something they, to say about that. Man, yeah, well we can't wait to get to that division preview, man. That that team is is has to be as bad as this Hawks team. It's going to be close. Like their best player is probably Marvin Bagley. <laughs> and this, this this team's best player is probably Kent Bazemore. So, well, I true. mean, I don't, yeah, I don't even know who you who you're looking at as far as like which team's better, which team's worse. I I mean, obviously it doesn't matter, but it's, it's going to be funny to watch these teams both race to the bottom. Uh, to try to get that first round, get that number one pick in the lottery next year. Oh, man. I, do you think Trey Young is has the ability to lead an NBA team? It's so hard to just say blankly yes or no. Um, we just haven't seen it, enough. But here's, here's this thing that I forgot to mention. So Trey Young is the first college player to lead the nation in both points and assists, which is a pretty damn good... Um, thing to do this is i feel like this is the <laughs> type of good yeah yeah i feel like this is the type of thing you would hear from a guy who used to play in the days from like pistol pete like back in the 70s and 80s when you know the talent just wasn't as deep but to do it nowadays i think that's pretty right. impressive but at the same time it could also just not mean anything at all i mean every year you get big <sighs> conference players of the year national players of the year um yeah I mean, I I love me some Jeremy Lin too, man. Like this guy always finds himself in like the crappiest teams in the NBA, <laughs> and I feel so bad for him. But, like at the end of the day, I just really just want to see him play some basketball. So I hope I hope that he at least gets to do that this year with this team. I mean, it's not like there's gonna be very much competition for minutes there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is after he ruptured his patella last year when he didn't. I know. I I hope he comes back and pl- is able to like 
regain his footing and be that good NBA player that I know he can be. Stand up for the Asian community in the NBA, man. Like, uh, there's just there's so much potential there. Is there? I I kind of want to say his playing Linsanity, days are man. his playing days Linsanity. are done. He's had some no. pretty gnarly injuries the last couple of years. No, <laughs> it's the worst. Another name here for the Hawks is Alex Lynn, another guy that the Phoenix Suns is, bet on. Is that a name? Is that a name? I, why? Why is that a name? I think we're just just continuing the trend of just like bagging on the on the Phoenix Suns and their terrible decisions. Yeah. And that's that's another project of that they had there oh that just did not pan out. So man, it's so terrible. Yeah, but uh, Trey Young, he's got a lot of pressure. He kind of reminds me a lot of like the hype that was around Lonzo Ball last year a little bit. Um, a little bit, but we we know that Trey Young can shoot. Yeah. I mean, he, he had his good summer leagues and his bad summer league games, but, I mean, that's really mostly his thing because he's getting those Steph Curry comparisons. Right. Lonzo was really never getting the Steph Curry comparison. He was getting the Michael Johnson comparisons. The Magic Johnson. Um, which, which might even be crazier, but yeah. yeah, I think the Steph Curry comparisons are still there for Trey Young. I mean... He's not. I mean, Steph Curry himself didn't even do anything the first few years he was in the league. So I am not gonna expect anything from Trey Young this year. Yeah, that's and that's what I mean. It's so hard to just be like, oh, I think he's definitely gonna be a star. Or no, I guess the question is, are they gonna keep him long enough for him to actually blossom into that star player? I th- I think you have to, man. I mean, you just you traded Dennis Schroeder, who was a Pretty good NBA player, <laughs> averaging 19 points, and he was only 24 yeah. years old. Uh, it's hard to just kind of give up, give away a guy like that. So, yeah, and you did it to essentially to to give Trey Young that starting spot. So you're taking a bet on him. So I mean, if I'm if I'm the general manager, or I'm the owner of the Atlanta Hawks. It's like, yeah, damn well, we better get four years to see what this guy can do. <laughs> yeah, for real. But this year we're lo- we're looking at that 20 win count being the very likely scenario for these guys yeah i think so but um (laughs) to close the podcast up here's something pretty funky that happened the summer of social media i say continues so apparently (laughs) kevin durant uh slid into a fan's instagram dms to sort of stand up for himself and there was a whole conversation about it and i'm sure if you google it you can find it i pulled up a little snippet of it from sb nation uh, sort of like a little segment that I thought was interesting. And also just this fan claims it's true. He even filmed himself uh, sort of going on his phone through the app, going onto the direct messages and, <laughs> and showing how these messages were yeah. sent from Kevin Durant's personal Instagram account. And there wasn't something that was Photoshop. Just to prove it wasn't like Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. But here's a little. So it was an ongoing conversation. Several questions were asked, but here's an interesting dialogue um, that I thought was pretty funny. So Reyes <laughs> is the name of the kid uh, who he who oh, who was in the conversation with Durant. He basically said, "I could play five and y'all win and y'all winning by 30. Kevin Durant responds, "says We'd be losing by thirty with you in the lineup. Who can you guard in the NBA?" This kid says, "I can definitely guard <laughs> Zaza Pachulia." <laughs> Kevin Durant says, "Hell no." He says, "You won two rings with the cat." Kevin Durant says, I know the league is better than it's ever been. He says, how? More people watch <laughs> than ever before. It's never been this popular. Are you upset we beat the Cavs two years in a row? He says, yes, I'm upset. People were watching how LeBron dominated y'all these two years. You can't beat LeBron by yourself. Kevin Durant says, this game isn't played one-on-one. 
Well, he's conceding that he would lose to LeBron one on one. That's true, huh? That's what I'm getting yeah, from I didn't it. Even yeah, see that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a whole the conversation goes on, and I guess we can all each just be the judge of whether or not this is actually Kevin Durant. He obviously hasn't spoken out about it, and I highly doubt he ever will. I mean, I could see this just being something he would, he had a couple minutes on his on his hand, and he just felt like defending himself, and probably will never acknowledge it ever again. Right. Yeah, that's just so funny that Kevin Durant would, like, DM this random fan. Like, <laughs> this is some interesting free time Kevin Durant has now, like, where he's just like, you know what, one of these random guys that's hating on me, I'm just going to go get in an argument with him. <laughs> yeah, I guess he feels the need to defend himself. Or, yeah, maybe it's just a product of boredom. Yeah, he might, yeah, it's, yeah part boredom, part ego. <laughs> like, he just wants people to like him because he has championships now and he's like a championship or he's a champion (laughs) yeah interesting well thanks everybody for tuning in um next week we'll be breaking down a new division what division should we break down that's a good question i haven't even thought about that we should go back to do you want to go back to the west you want to stay east uh let's 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 stay east let's stay east okay um that means we have what what we got here i don't even know NBA divisions. How about the Atlantic? Let's do the Atlantic. Atlantic. Yeah, let's do the Atlantic. We got the Celtics, the Nets, the Knicks, the 76ers, and the Raptors. That's going to be a good one. It's only right that we go from what could probably be the worst division in the NBA uh, to the best in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, for real, though. Let's do that. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, Don't forget to check us out next week. Awesome. Have a good week, everyone.